You're listening to the Course Creation Bites podcast, bite-sized lessons for busy business owners creating, launching, and selling their own course. Each week, you'll get short, practical lessons that focus on one part of your online course creation journey and an easy action step to go away and implement. Here's your host, Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. Let's get started. This week, I'm going to give you an insight into a course review. Hi, I'm Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. And as I mentioned, we're going to be digging into a course review. So welcome to season three of Course Creation Bites. And if you didn't hear the wrap up of the end of season two and last season, what I mentioned was that this season, we're going to be looking at much more practicalities behind course creation. And I want to give you many more real life examples. So we're going to kind of move away from the theoreticals. And I want to show you one, what people are actually actually doing in the industry today, right now, like courses that are live and out there. I want to share with you some courses that I love and it might be courses that I've helped build perhaps, but often courses that I've taken or courses that I've heard of and I've, I've done a bit of a dig around in and I want, I want to share with you what's working and, and why those are awesome. The other thing that I've said I want to do for you guys is share with you some of my course reviews. So as a service for clients, I offer course reviews and that's a process of going through a course and making sure that it's the best it can possibly be. So I come at it from a variety of angles. I look at content creation. I look at how the content is broken down. I look at how big the content is and the chunks and the flow and what's shared and what's not shared, where more needs to be added in, where content needs to be taken out. I look at the user experience. So that's the platform, how it is to log in, how it is to press the buttons. Do I know what I'm supposed to be doing? I come at it from all these sorts of angles. I then also include some strategy reviews. So where could you be mentioning other things that you do or upselling for a course or where should you not be upselling? I've seen a couple of not so great upsells in course programs, which just take away from the learning of the current program. So a course review is a huge, robust process, which really digs through everything. And what I wanted to do in this season was give you guys some insights into how that works. And so that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to give you the first course review insight. Now, I'm not going to tell you uh, whose program this one is. So this one's a little bit anonymous, but I do want to share with you a couple of tips and insights. So first of all, this is a client that I've been working with and the client is moving away from a platform called Elucidat. I think that's how you pronounce that to Kajabi. So Elucidat is similar to a platforms like Articulate. If you've ever used one of those sorts of platforms in terms of content creation, it allows you to create almost a slide deck of slides that a student moves through. You can embed videos and flips and and there's lots of button clicking. And this is the first part of the review, which was really important for me, especially because we were moving from Elucidat to Kajabi, is it was a focusing on how we break the content down. So in platforms like Articulate and Elucidat, they focus on a slide-by-slide delivery, which is that the student looks at one slide. They have things to do on that. So they might click buttons that open pop-ups. They might click buttons that play videos. They might drag and drop things. And then they press next and they move on to the next one. The primary example of this is if you've ever been through a corporate training, you've probably seen something like this. You know, you read what's on the screen, you press next, you read what's on the screen, you press next. And if you're anything like me, what that means is you just sit and go next, 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 until you get to the end. And you probably try and guess your way through their pop-up questionnaire or whatever it is at the end. The, uh, those platforms are of the belief that the more that the student clicks, the more they get engaged they are. And if you've ever sat through terrible corporate training, you know, that's not necessarily the case. Sure, you've clicked a million buttons, but you, are you actively engaged in the learning? Mm, probably not. So part of the moving from from Elucidat to Kajabi was moving from sort of a slide-by-slide delivery to 
bite-sized chunks to lessons. And what that actually meant in many cases was adding content together to make it bigger. Now, this is something that I've discussed in previous episodes and I'm sure will come up again. It's how long your student can focus for and how long they can concentrate for and how big a bite should be. And we've discussed this a couple of times because I think that we're being led to believe the wrong thing. I've often had clients come to me and go, oh, I can't, I can't include a video that's more than 30 seconds because, you know, I've been told that people have really short attention spans or I can't include videos that are more than a minute or two minutes. And the truth is that while yes, attention spans can be a little bit shorter nowadays, we can focus when we want to, right? Hands up who've ever sat through a 25 minute Netflix episode or who sat through two hours of movie, right? We can focus when we want to for far more than 30 seconds. And so that's, I think the theory behind your course content is if you've got students who are actively engaged, if you've got good content, if you've got well-structured videos, you can push past 30 seconds, you can push past three minutes, you can push past five minutes because you've got good content that the student wants to watch. So part of the review for this program and part of the moving process was about adding bits back together rather than separating them down to 30 second bites and then clicking next, 30 seconds, next, 30 seconds, next. It was expanding the size of the lessons so that when you pressed next and you sat down and you opened a lesson, you got five to 10 minutes of good learning. It was all relevant to one thing. It was associated with one learning outcome. You learned about a thing and you did an action about a thing and then you press next and you move to the next. And so rather than your entire learning experience being focused on pressing the next button, you now focused on engaging with the content and learning with the thing on the screen and reading a little bit more about it and going away and doing an action step that relates to it and then moving on to the next screen. That's probably the biggest takeaway from this course review and and for this client was a process and especially because moving platform enabled us to do that in a much better way. Um, The platform that she was with just wasn't enabling that but moving bits together to make more robust lessons that really focused on one specific thing and gave one clear learning outcome is actually going to be much better for her students than having small small tiny tiny bites. So although I talk about bite-sized content Byte doesn't have to mean 30 seconds. Byte doesn't have to mean three minutes. It's a bit like how I call these podcast episodes course creation bites, but you'll find the episodes are about 10 minutes long. It is bite-sized in terms of podcasts. You can definitely get podcasts that are much longer, but I'm not trying to push everything into a 30 second or a two minute or three minute because it just wouldn't work for the type of content I'm delivering. Not if I want to give you an introduction and give you a clear piece of content and give you an action step to take away. So the fact that these podcast episodes are 10 minutes is kind of strategic It's like a mini lesson and I wanted you to be able to see how that works in an audio function and to be able to take that logic and apply it to PDFs or apply it to videos or apply it to slide decks or apply it to the the way that you're building your course because theory is the same. Something else that we worked through with this client was looking at adding more action steps. So there was some brilliant content. She's got such robust content that really gives you insight into the way her industry works, uh, into the things they need to know before they approach the thing that she's teaching them how to do, some really interesting industry insights, so sort of sneak peeks into the way that things work better. And those are great. But what I found was that we were missing a lot of what do you want them to do? So you've shared this great bit of content with them and then they press next and they learn another bit, great bit of content. But what a what do they do with that? And so what we've worked on doing is bringing in a lot more action steps whereby they watch a video and they learn how to do something and they, they understand a new concept and then they get to try it. And that's really important, especially, I mean, in any industry, but especially in sometimes things that can be quite dry or quite text heavy or um, sort of service related, you need them to go and have a go. 
you'd do it with an art course, right? If you taught them a new painting technique, you'd expect as part of the course that you'd try the painting. It's the same with calligraphy. It's the same with cooking. It's the same with any of those sort of creative-based subjects. You would fully expect that if you went to an art class, at some point you'd pick up the paintbrush and you'd try the technique or you'd try the style. You wouldn't just listen to the teacher telling you and showing you the entire time, but you'd have a go. And we forget that as part of more of the theoretical or service-based programs that your student still needs to have a go. And inside your course is the best safe environment for them to try that. So adding in extra action steps, adding in points where they can go away and do it. Now that might be with an example you've created. Perhaps you've um, done a mock-up or a template or something for them to have a play with. Or perhaps you send them out to an external link and say, you know, go Google this, look at the first one that comes up and analyze it based on what we've just discussed. Or, you know, pick it or have a go at, or pull up the local paper and have a look at. But you want to be providing them with opportunities to take that thing they've just learnt and really dig in and have a go. So that's a quick roundup of the kind of things that we've been looking at in this course review. And I wanted to share them with you because I think they're really relevant. One being add in more action steps. Two being you can make your content bigger. Don't be afraid of the size of the lesson necessarily. Look, if you're running into several hours, perhaps it's too big, but you don't have to be worried about this sort of 30 second attention span or seven second attention span. You can make your lessons robust and really engaging and really good, but they don't have to be teeny tiny. They just have to be a relevant size to your audience. So it's time for your action step because there is always an action step. You cannot build a course by listening to me talk about courses. Funnily enough, you have to go away and do it. And in this one, I want you to apply what you've learned here today to your current program. So the first thing I want you to do is really think about have you got action steps for every piece of content you share? And we've spoken about this in previous episodes. There's a whole episode in season one specifically about action steps. So if you're not sure how you can add action steps, you can go back and have a look at that in season one. But At every stage, if you teach them something, if you share a video about something, what do you want them to do with that information? What was the point of sharing it? How can they apply that straight away? So go back and test yourself and really make sure you have action steps wherever possible. The second thing I want you to go back and do is look at the length of your lessons and consider if they're the right size. Now, if you've got statistics, for example, of length of video watched, um, you can get that sort of information through YouTube and Vimeo and other video hosts. So if you've got that information available through your platform, you can see if students are getting to the end of videos or if they're too long. You can see that information and it tells you the numbers. So you know you don't have to guess, right? It, it can show you that stuff. But really go back and have a look at some of your lesson size and see if, is it too short? Is it too long? Have you got too much? Have you got too little? Where can you pull two random parts together to make one better robust lesson rather than two tiny bite-sized pieces? Um, and really start to think about the length of those lessons. So that's it for this time, but go back and have a really good look at what you're already doing. And if you haven't created your course already, keep them in mind because they will definitely help you in the future. Okay. It's time for all of those podcasty bits. If you've loved this episode, share it with your friends or just tell random people about it. Stop them in the street. Okay, don't stop them in the street, but please do share it with your friends, especially if you think they will find it helpful. Make sure that you have subscribed so that you get access to all of the future episodes and better still, leave a review. Podcast reviews are like gold. So I would really appreciate it if you took a couple of moments and leave a review with your thoughts and takeaways from this podcast episode. 
Lastly, why not come over and join my free Facebook group? Simply search Content Into Courses inside Facebook. There's some good interaction that happens on over there. I'm in and out on a regular basis to answer all of your questions and to give some live tips and tricks. And you get to learn from other course creators about all the things you can do to grow your course and your audience. That's it for this time. But as always, I will catch you next time. Mm -hmm.